all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Last week, a video of Mark Zuckerberg emerged online, and while he displayed his trademark cold stare and creepy detachment to all known human emotions, what he was saying didn't seem right. I wish I could keep telling you that our mission in life is connecting people, but it isn't. We just want to predict your future behaviors. Spectre showed me how to manipulate you into sharing intimate data about yourself and all those you love for free. The more you express yourself, the more we own you. Did the Zuck really just admit to the ubiquitous and godlike power Facebook exercises over modern civilization? Nice try, but no, he did not. Because the video was a deep fake. Motherboard reporter Sam Cole broke the massive story about how a group of artists and AI engineers made a deep fake video of Zuckerberg, saying things he would never say, then uploaded it to Instagram. Coming in the wake of the Nancy Pelosi deep fake video controversy, was a major troll of one of the most powerful people in the world to expose how the Silicon Valley giant he controls refuses to take steps against the proliferation of fake news on its platform. For this week's episode, Sam is going to tell us more about the hellish world of deepfakes and whether or not this stunt made Facebook think twice about its content policies. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. All right, so Sam, the deepfake beat you own it. New York Times even bites your stuff, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> Would you say that this is maybe one of the most, maybe the biggest deepfake story that's happened so far, or one of them? It's definitely the biggest one that's happened in um, recent months. Um, yeah, I, I've been really fascinated by how big this has gotten as far as people talking about it and using it as like a way to theorize how deepfakes will affect the future um, in a really tangible way. Um, that's something that we haven't seen yet so far in deepfakes is how it's actually being implemented. So, How did you first get into deepfake reporting, by the way? Um, yeah, that is, it feels like ancient history now, but um, in late 2016, um, Motherboard found someone posting um, algorithmically generated porn on Reddit Um so that's kind of where that began because I was on the sex work and porn beat and also interested in AI. Um, so, yeah, that was a perfect confluence of those things. <laughs> Just kind of a right place, right time. And there, the, it kind of did evolve from sort of this revenge porn aspect where people would put their ex-partner or somebody they were just morbidly obsessed with <laughs> into a porn video as sort of this extortative, you know, yeah. troll venge Revenge fantasy. Yeah. I mean, we fast forward now, and it's like Zuckerberg is actually talking about ruling the world through Facebook, <laughs> which is maybe not uncompl- like un- untrue. Right. But I think we're now, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, we're bordering on to the, the fact that this is actually going to start affecting politics and society. Yeah, I mean, I think it already has affected society in a way. And definitely, I mean, politicians are talking about it. I think Biden said something about deepfakes like this weekend, talking about how he was never going to make a deepfake to further his campaign or something like that. Um, yeah, it's that was the the origins were um, using women's images without their consent. Um, it was celebrities and porn performers, two groups that have tons of images of themselves out there. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, it's been really interesting to see it kind of evolve into being this panic of like, what if we had a Trump deepfake 
tomorrow would he like not launch nukes or something um but yeah the, the so, a lot of you like <laughs> laughed about that i'm like and i just i, like, I just I thought about that like, <laughs> i was like shit man i don't know like maybe <laughs> i i always have to like uh have a caveat with that it's like it's not gonna happen but like one day i'm gonna eat my words as like we're heading to the fallout shelters (laughs) um but yeah that the zuckerberg one definitely um it's kind of made it's forced facebook to um restate and reevaluate how they deal with misinformation um they've had like misinformation policies for years but since the 2016 elections but um it's really made them kind of um, assess how they're going to handle things like manipulated videos. The Zuckerberg one and the Nancy Pelosi one are both recent examples of that. So, yeah. So this story in particular, though, the goal of the artists and the AI engineers that were that, that made this deepfake video, they've done it before. But what were they trying to expose? They so the this came of like an art project in the UK. Um, it's an installation where you go in and they use your data to show you, I'm not really sure what, things about yourself, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, that the Zuckerberg deepfake was part of that art installation um, to kind of promote it. Um, I They didn't explicitly say that they were trying to like um, make Facebook do anything. They were just putting it out there as like, here's an example of, you know, one of the biggest like leaders in Silicon Valley um, saying things that he never said. Um, so really just kind of targeting, like, speaking to the power of that platform. Um, so, yeah, I think that was their intent with this, is to kind of uh, poke the beast a little bit. Um, they definitely succeeded in that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the the video. If you watch it, he's talking about, like, control of stolen, stolen data and, like, controlling the future and things like that. So It's very ominous. It's very ominous. I, it um, also seems like something he would say or, like, yeah. it's, like, his wet dream. <laughs> it's what he's thinking about at night, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah Breathing the, heavily. <laughs> the voice of it and, like, the what he's saying is what tips it off to being fake. I don't think that, it like, if it's low quality and kind of scrolling through your feed, I don't know if it would look like a video of Zuckerberg. Like, it's... It looks like him. It would. I mean, it, here's the thing. It doesn't. It doesn't seem not like him. Right. You know, like it's it would. Like in it, that uncanny valley. Yeah, it would make me take a double. I would double take it for mm-hmm. sure. But I also maybe I wouldn't take the time to really verify it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, if you saw something that crazy in your feed, like a lot of people would just hit share, like rush to share it. Yes. Yes. A lot of like share, share first, ask questions yeah. later, kind of thing. Exactly. Do you think that this really came off of the heels of the Pelosi controversy? I think so. Um, I think they were working on this before the Pelosi video came out. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, it got the reaction that it did because of that video, um, because that wasn't an art project that was meant to be um, to trick people into thinking that she was drunk. Like, that was malicious intent, definitely. Um, so yeah, thousands of people shared that millions of views on that. Um, so it was just fortuitous timing, I think on their part to release the Zuckerberg one right after that. Um, because then that really did, um, push these questions forward and kind of say, okay, will Facebook take this one down because they didn't take down the Pelosi one. Um, and they didn't. So, (laughs) I mean, has this, has this video actually forced them to rethink what they're doing? Like what, what has Facebook done? in the wake of this? Um, I mean, they, we know that they have, 
they have said, um, they have told the artist uh, who made the Zuckerberg one that because of all the media scrutiny and because they're under a lot of pressure about misinformation that they are having to kind of evolve these policies basically um and they're constantly in flux and changing eternally so um yeah it might not be like a policy that's laid out publicly that they are changing but they're definitely thinking about if their policies are robust enough into the future to prevent this kind of thing I mean, they they told us um, their official stance on this is that they're going to treat all of these videos the same, no matter who's in them. Um, if fact checkers marked it as false, then they downrank them so they don't show up on like hashtags on Instagram or um, in stories. Uh, and on Facebook, they're less likely to be like promoted by the algorithm in your feed if they're false, if they're marked false. Um, so that's kind of that's their stance now. Um, I think it's a lot more complicated than that internally for Facebook, but, um, that's what we know. Why have they been so reluctant on this? I don't, I I don't really get it. Uh, reluctant to take down the videos? Yes. It seemed like it's so obvious to, to do that for the Pelosi video. Also, you know, there has been videos of, I don't, it's not quite deep fake, but it's certainly been edited of, you know, Trump like speaking really as if he's drunk or something. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been videos out there that have been borderline like whoa this is kind of misleading i don't want to say fake news i'm going to say fake news but i don't understand why they don't have like a zero tolerance policy on this yeah i mean it's tricky because i mean they're really they are in a catch-22 about this um if you start giving facebook the power to take down everything that's uh, that you deem as fake or satire or you don't like that they're mocking your favorite candidate or whatever that's definitely, I mean, that's not a road we want to go down. Um, so it's, I I mean, I think that a lot of experts agree that it's better to leave these things up and make them very clearly um, marked as not real. Um, so experts do agree that the best way to sort of thwart the advent of these types of videos is to say explicitly on them, mm-hmm. these are false, these are not real. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of experts do. Um, so yeah, it's it becomes kind of a First Amendment thing. It's like, well, is this speech that should be protected or not? Um, is this censorship if we take it down? Um, the answer is usually yes. Um, so yeah, there right now, if you share something that's later deemed as fake on Facebook, you get a notification that says like something you shared yesterday is not real. <laughs> Here's some more information about it. Um, so I think that's probably the best way to handle it right now. Um, obviously, these things are evolving so fast, so it's really hard to say what will be best in the future. But it's just damage control right now um, as far as misinformation on the platform. Well, of course, you know, this story is not a, about hacking and some sort of, you know, shadowy group <laughs> steals something, which is what we're usually covering here. But one thing I think that it really shows is the integrity of data going forward and how once it's presented to the public and how we interpret it means everything. So, you know, I'm wondering, a lot of people when, especially in 2016 when you first started reporting on this, a lot of people were saying, you know, sort of sounding the apocalyptic alarm bell saying, you know, 
Deep fakes are going to ruin society, ruin our lives, ruin countries. There is growing alarm over the use of altered videos online, especially those known as deep fakes, which are highly realistic looking and inaccurate. There are concerns about their growing sophistication and the risk they pose to national security. Do you think that's actually possible, being someone who's so closely reporting on it? Do you think it does have posed that threat, quote-unquote, to democracy, to the way we live our lives online? <laughs> um, I think it I think it poses a threat, but I think the threat is um, how we perceive what is real and what's not. Um, I don't think the threat is just that. Be, yeah, it just it's <laughs> very you know very simple, very straightforward. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely the biggest threat is um, kind of educating people on um, how they share things, um, looking at things closely before they share them. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely um, a threat as far as coming up to the elections, like what will be seen as true and what's not and especially i mean if you can put something out there that's real and people say oh this is fake this is doctored whatever um i mean if everything is fake nothing nothing is fake it's kind of that that kind of that mentality uh, yeah it's um i think that this is definitely not a new problem um i mean this is we're dealing with the same kind of stuff as we were dealing with like the early internet like what is real what is real life yeah um so i mean it'll be interesting to see kind of how this plays out as far as the elections, but I don't think that we're going to see, like, people um, making fakes of politicians and then people mass believing them because we have had so much awareness about deep fakes. Um, And that's part of why we report on it. And a lot of research now is um, including, like, ethics statements, which has been really cool to see. Um, They're definitely thinking... Engineers are thinking about this before they put it out in the wild, so... In what way? What do you mean? I mean, they, so it used to be that, you know, you would put out a research paper and it would just be like open source, whatever, um, you know, you'd be very open about uh, what you'd done and what you'd made, but like, then you leave it to the media or ethicists or, um, yeah, those groups to kind of grapple with how to deal with it in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and now those questions are being asked, like in the papers themselves, like there'll be a section on ethics statements, um, things like that. So it's kind of, People are getting ahead of pre pre yeah. addressing the questions that will be surrounding the technology. Right, exactly. And kind of saying, like, we're putting this out there for this reason. Like, we're not just doing it because we can, like, we're doing it to raise awareness on like methods or um to improve like detection, things like that. Um it, it almost seems like deep fakes in terms of political a political standpoint could easily just be sort of this evolution of rumor, right? Yeah. How people spread used to spread rumors about counter candidates that they're mm-hmm. against yeah except this time you have an actual it could be like donald trump saying something racist and it right. looks like he's actually saying it. oh that he actually does say those things <laughs> something um you know i don't know what else like declaring war on someone mm-hmm. you know it it seems like it's just sort of an evolution of that and it's really up to us whether or not we're going to believe them or not right traffic jams tailgating pile-ups Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. 
Did anyone believe that you know of, at least en masse, believe this Zuckerberg video? Like, did anyone report on it being like, Zuckerberg said this? I don't think so, because we set the tone on that. Like, we were the first to write mm-hmm. about that. So we, That's right, we it was about it. <laughs> it was about um, it being a deep fake. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's something that I'm seeing a lot of people talking about. Like, oh, it looks so fake. Like, this is obviously fake. Who would fall for this? And it's like, well, you mm-hmm. know it's fake because I told you it was fake. Like... Mm-hmm. Exactly. If it showed up on your feed organically and he was saying something else, he was saying something really boring, um, and it was, like, his voice, but, you know, his mouth and everything, it was not his words, um, people would probably believe it. It also looked pretty real. I thought it looked pretty real. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing I keep seeing with, with ever since I've, you know, were, was aware of deepfakes mm-hmm. is, like, just how close, closer and closer it's getting. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it as, like, a, is this video itself perfect yet? Right. I'm like, wow, that's getting closer and closer to the possibility where a deep fake looks exactly like reality. I think that's the thing that I'm waiting for. Which, yeah. you know, I if you look at the deep fake now, you look at that one in particular versus one that was a year ago, and it, it's still it's a massive difference. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's improved so much, and they're improving as far as the method, the methods that they use them or they make them with. Um, they can make them with fewer images now. I used to take a data set of, like, thousands before, um, and now it's as few as, like, one to eight some researchers wow. are making them with. Like, that was the one they made, Mona Lisa. Yeah. Um, so that's been really interesting. They're making them with just text inputs now. Um, so you can just type in what you want them to say, and it'll generate it. And the use case for these is, like, to not re-cut a scene or to not re-record, like, something if you're making a movie, mm-hmm. um, which takes a long time and is a lot of, like, manpower. But if you could just type in and say, let's change that line. Um, but, I mean, it's that's very easy for anyone to do also. So um, so you say that Biden weighed in on this in terms of he actually said his campaign would never produce a deepfake. Like, he even knows what a deepfake is. But... <laughs> How do you see this sort of affecting the political landscape going forward? I mean, this is something that a lot of people have been wondering about. Um, I can tell you I've, I've spoken a lot to, to disinformation people, and they can't tell me exactly what 2020 will look like, but mm-hmm. the, the consensus is it's going to be a hot mess of chaos. Do you think deepfakes will play a part in this? Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> I think so. I think just the fact that we're talking about it means it will play a part. Um, I think that Congress people have been using deepfakes as like a buzzword almost to talk about. They're using it interchangeably with like disinformation. Um, so yeah, I I do think that it will play heavily in the political spheres. But I I don't know. It's hard to tell how much of that is like punditry and how much is real um yeah (laughs) because there's always this 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 concept and i wanted to ask you about it how potentially a nation state could start using deep fakes to sort Mm -hmm. of plant misinformation about certain people within uh, other governments that they dislike Mm -hmm. or their targets of theirs etc yeah do you think have you seen any evidence of that or is that something you think could happen? It actually it happened in Malaysia. Um, there was a um, a video uh, where I, it was hard to tell if the video was a deep fake or not, and it was being reported on like, "Is this a deep fake? We don't know." <laughs> um, I think it ended up being real at the end, but um, that's kind of that example of like 
everyone questioning real things. And what was it again? It was... It was... Um, one the, of the candidates was caught having sex with another man, right? Right. There was a video going around... People were saying... That people were saying that it was him. Economic Affairs Minister Datuk Sri Muhammad Azmin Ali has denied reports on a sex video perpetuating to implicate him. In a statement issued on Wednesday evening, he said, quote, I categorically deny this vicious libel upon me. This is nothing but a nefarious plot to assassinate my character in an attempt to destroy my political career. And then another video was posted where he um, was like giving an address and saying, um, I don't know if he confessed that it was him or not. He was like giving an address about it. And people were like, oh, that's that could be a deep fake. Right. Which... I mean, just the fact that it's even being introduced that in the it's conversation a yeah. at all is interesting. Um, yeah, so I think we are seeing it um, being uh, used in other countries, um, but yeah, not super widespread yet. But just the fact that it exists and it's out there, I guess like the the, the future is will will tell whether or not this right. will become a real weapon. Yeah, yeah, I think which um, is frightening. Right. We, it's hard to just say, we'll wait and see, but there are a lot of people smarter than me working on this. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it from like from an intelligence operations standpoint, and I would say the real value of it isn't to sort of take down someone, mm-hmm. because I think eventually when something is fake, it'll likely be exposed as fake. But mm-hmm. then, you know, you look at like the Soviet era and the way that they manipulated photos and right. images, it, stuff went by that was completely accepted as truth, and mm-hmm. it was manipulated by Stalin or whoever else. Right. But I think for one thing, if you look at the way that, you know, Russia and how it's 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 actually undertaken its influence operations or its misinformation. And mm-hmm. it, all it's done is to try to promote chaos right. within a system. Not necessarily to break it, mm-hmm. but to disorganize it. Right. And I see deep fakes as sort of a, a potential for that. Because even if you look at this one in particular, like, that's what it did. It mm-hmm. made... It destabilized Facebook, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't something that Facebook had done. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's um, that's definitely a a really good point. Um, just these are not necessarily. It's not that we need to have an answer on things or whether they're true or not. It's that the question is being asked to begin with, um, and that there's this uncertainty in the air about it. Um, yeah. The the fact that Facebook is kind of um, assessing its own um, policies around this just because of this one art piece is um, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Multi-billion dollar companies right. are challenged by a group of artists and right. some AI engineers. Like, yeah. yeah. It's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Where, cool. where do you think, you know, deep fakes are going to go next that a lot of people are not looking at? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think that they're just going to keep getting more and more realistic. It's the pace is crazy um, as far as how fast it's gotten um, more real. Um, I think, yeah, I think we're going to see more just manipulated video, period. Um, it's like with the Pelosi one, that wasn't a deep fake. That was just um, a video of her slowed down a little bit. So she was slurring her speech. Um, so I think we'll probably see more of that um yeah i i don't know it's it's hard to say i mean we're the fact that we're seeing so many people working on this issue and like trying to detect it detect fake videos and kind of trying to democratize how that works um has been um really fascinating to see 
I think we're going to see more like private companies get in on this game. Um, the one of the groups that uh, made the Zuckerberg one is basically like an ad agency. They're like they're making ads, um, like custom bespoke deepfakes. Um, so that seems not good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's um. Of course, it's, capitalism will find a way to exploit <laughs> something super evil. It's, uh, I think that's just the next natural step to this. Um, it was always going to end up being a capitalist venture, <laughs> um, just like everything. But uh, yeah, I think that that normalizes it a little bit. Um, also, which, this is like, what is the value of a deepfake? Thinking about it, like, what's what good does a deepfake bring? What good could it bring? Um, I mean. Hollywood uses deepfakes all the time. Like, they they use them to swap in, like, Carrie Fisher in Star Wars and, like, things like that. That's kind of, like, example everybody brings up. But um, it's always been, like, a big budget thing. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, just the good of it, I mean, I don't... <laughs> that, that also hardly seems like a good thing. So. Right. <laughs> it's a, it definitely was a creepy moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, artistic uses like that are definitely... I mean, they're not bad. They're definitely... Um, interesting and um, worth talking about. I think the good of making them and improving the technology is um, a lot of times just having these conversations and talking about um, things like censorship and body autonomy online and things like that. Who owns your face? Um, yeah. So, yeah, just as a as a thought experiment, um, deepfakes are good. I don't know. Good is a... <laughs> It's a weird word for it, but it is. But it, it also it's also telling that this technology really emerged in earnest uh, to exploit right. women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, that's kind of fell into the wayside as far as um, how we talk about deepfakes. Um, it's now it's a lot of like politicians and who will who will influence the election by using a deepfake. But I mean, we've seen there was a journalist in India that. Um, was targeted by a deep fake and um, just horrible fallout from that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's still happening. Um, all the issues around it as far as, like, who owns our images online, things like revenge porn, mm-hmm. um, those are still big issues outside of deep fakes, but deep fakes kind of brings them to the fore. So, yeah, I guess that's a good outcome of this very buzzy topic. <laughs> Well, on that note, it was good to have you on Cyber again. Glad we weren't talking about PewDiePie. Oh my God, I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) But we will probably have you on again to talk about DeepFix. Cool, thanks, Ben. Thanks. (laughs) This week's episode was recorded and edited by Dean White, produced by Lorenzo Franceschi Bicherai, and hosted by me, Ben Maku. You'll be hearing from us next week. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.